You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. With the 2022 NFL Draft beginning on Thursday night, we discuss Aiden Hutchinson and other potential Michigan first-round picks. Plus, what other Wolverines are likely to hear their name called during the three-day event. All ahead on Wolverine Confidential. Aaron, good to be with you on this Tuesday morning. And I know we're still recording virtually, but it seems like I've been seeing a lot of you lately. I mean, we had that meeting in the office last week for the first time in, in who knows how long, and we went to the Tigers game on, on Thursday and saw Miggy come up short of getting his 3,000th hit and then saw you again Saturday night. So I'm sure my McMahon fatigue will return eventually, but not today as we have the, the NFL draft to discuss. Were we supposed to mention the Tigers game? Because I, I think we played hooky that day. I don't even know if the bosses knew about it, but whatever. <laughs> That's a, hey, I, I still did some work when I got home. So there you go. Uh, yeah, but uh, unfortunate that I, I honestly like not seeing Mickey get that hit and seeing everyone boo and, and chant Yankee suck was probably more enjoyable for me, at least, to, than seeing him get his 3000th hit. But anyways, uh, pivoting here to Michigan football should be a, a busy draft for the Wolverines and, and there could be some guys that that go on Thursday night. Yeah, Michigan's got up to, I guess, if you want to count the bottom guys, 11, 12 draft eligible players this weekend. Um, realistically speaking, we're probably looking at anywhere from six to nine that go, but yeah, it's a pretty typical year for Michigan. I mean, the, under normal circumstances, this is about the number of players Jim Harbaugh and this program put into the NFL each year. Uh, so it's no surprise there. Um, it, it, as you mentioned, Nate Hutchinson could potentially go you know, number one overall. That's not a shocker either. If you've been following this Michigan football program for a long time. It's just a matter of when and where all these guys, the rest of these guys are going to go. Yeah, I know. And I, I, for the longest time, it seemed like Aiden Hutchinson seemed to be the front runner to go number one overall. And then is like what commonly happens with the NFL draft. There, there seems to be some late winds blowing and, and some shifts in the draft order. And now he could be a realistic possibility for the Lions at number two, it sounded like. Yeah, uh, the more we hear, the more it sounds like that he may fall to number two, you know, in this, I guess, for, at least from my perspective, isn't a shock because when we were at the combine in Indianapolis a few months back, you know, I came away from Trent Balky. He's a general manager of, of the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, his press conference with the media, I came away thinking at least reading from the tea leaves that they weren't necessarily sold on Aiden Hutchinson. Now it wasn't clear which direction they were going to go because they kind of left it open-ended obviously. And, and a lot of folks are saying, well, maybe you should, you know, draft it off at the tackle to shore up things for your, you know, your young quarterback. 
Um, you know, maybe you go, they go a different direction on the defensive end, edge rushing position. But I, I came away thinking, and, and again, number one teams, the number one overall pick, you obviously don't want to telegraph things. You want folks to think that you can go any which direction. You want folks to think, well, maybe there, you know, there's a trade possibility there. We don't know what the Jaguars are doing, but the more, you know, the closer we get to the draft Thursday night, uh, the more it sounds like Aiden Hutchinson may not be number one. Um, now, if he doesn't go to the Jaguars or number one, I, I find it hard to believe he goes any further than two. The you know we came well. I mentioned at the combine I wasn't sold necessarily on the Jaguars being interested in Aiden Hutchinson. I was sold on the Lions. It sounds and our Lions reporters kind of have vouched for this. They've written about this. Um, it sounds like the the Lions are in love with Aiden Hutchinson. So if he is still on the board there at number two, look for Detroit to. Uh, to to pick him up and, and keep him in, you know, in the state. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a hard time believing that, that he would fall below too. I mean, there's just, it just doesn't make, I mean, Michigan need or uh, the lions need an edge rusher. And, and if, if Jacksonville Jaguars go with Trayvon Walker at number one, I mean, then I, I feel like, yeah, it will fill a need for the lions. And, and I feel like his floor, I, I mean, his floor is pretty low too, or pretty high. So I think that it would make a lot of sense for, for the Lions to go in that direction. And if if he does fall below that, I, I, that would be a shock to me. I don't know about you. No, it would. Um, the thing with Aiden Hutchinson and this draft process in general, he is probably, first off, what you see is what you get with Aiden Hutchinson. And I feel like we've said that in the past, having been around him for the better part of the last three, four years in Michigan. Um, he's a pretty transparent guy. I think it was Jim Harbaugh that said he was as transparent as a baggie. Um, cause there isn't really much unknown about him. So I, I, you're right. I, I think his, his floor is high, but his ceiling may not be as high as some of these other prospects. So it, it comes down to the question. If you're an NFL GM, you know, owner, whoever, whoever's making these ultimately making the decision to draft these guys, do you go with the safe prospect and he Hutchinson, a guy who, you know, what you're going to get. He's a high motor guy, athletic. He's, you know, he's a good leader, good locker room guy. High IQ has the pedigree. His father played in the league and he was a star at Michigan. Do you go that route or do you go elsewhere with someone who, you know, may have a higher upside, may be able to pull in, you know, 15, they may be that 15, 20, you know, sack guy a year, like a cave on Thibodeau, but you're questioning the work ethic and what he's able to do on a day in day out basis. So that's what it comes down to from the, from a safe perspective. I think Aiden Hutchinson and, and it, it's reflected in some of these draft analysts who have, Aiden Hutchinson is our number one overall prospect on the board because you know what you're going to get. He's a good player. He's going to be able to come in right away and play. He's a good locker room guy. Um, you know, do you roll the dice with someone else or do you take the safe route? And I, I think in a in a draft process where the NFL spends so much money with the Senior Bowl and the Combine and pro days to you know to you know interview these kids and go through every little. Thing possible to fine tooth comb to try and get as much information, you know what you get Aiden Hutchinson, and that's one of the reasons why he's not going to fall further than two. Oh yeah, well said. And, and if the Jaguars do go with, with Trayvon Walker at number one, that's based off off his ceiling, you would think, because yeah, like uh, uh, sixty one tackles and nine and a half sacks over three seasons at, at Georgia, not really uh, jumping off the page there. But again, the, he's an athletic specimen, and, and the Jaguars, I'm sure, would think that they can develop him and and do and with his high ceiling. So we'll we'll see what happens. It, it should, it's an interesting storyline heading into Thursday. But yeah, I mean, Hutchinson might not be the only mission player to go in the first round. Yeah, one quick thing, really quick before before we go any further. Real quick thing on Trayvon Walker. He is 
risen up the boards pretty quickly. I went and looked. Mel Kuyper back in January after the season concluded, the offseason began, had him, I think, 24th on his mock draft board. Uh, as things have gone on, I think Todd McShay had him like 16th after the combine. So between the combine and pro day and now he is, I think he's tested well. He's performed well. He's probably interviewed very well. And that's one of the reasons why you've seen him fly up the draft boards, potentially going number one. In fact, last check, he's the, uh, the odds on favorite, you know, from the, the odds makers and sports books to go number one now. Uh, so we'll see fast rise for him. But that's, I mean, that's, I think, the difference in these offseason events, whether it's a combine or the pro day. And everything. that's, you, you see stories like this all the time, guys rise up the boards, maybe not necessarily number one. Uh, but it just goes to show what what the offseason can do for for a guy like him. Yeah, I know pe- people say that that game tape is the most important thing in evaluating prospects. But I mean, like you can see with Walker, it's a lot has to do with these pre draft events, and he sure has taken advantage of it. But yeah, mo- moving on to to Michigan and 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 Ojabo and and Daxon Hill. I mean, I saw I think a report today that that some NFL teams only have like first round grades on like fifteen players in this draft, which could open the door for for Daxon Hill and even an injured David Ojabo to to sneak into the first round. Yeah, there's just so much unpredictability with this year's class. I think part of it is yeah, grades are all over the place. There's I don't think again we have to see years on the line, but maybe this class doesn't stack up as well as previous classes but yeah it's it's a crapshoot a lot of these guys and i think it's one of the reasons why you're starting you're starting to see daxton hill creep into the first round in fact i think it was mel kuyper one of them had him like almost mid first round in their latest board so it's looking more and more likely that daxton hill ends up in the first round i think sports books have his over under where he ends up at 28 and a half from a draft perspective so it's looking like he's gonna be a safe first round pick uh, right now, he's currently ranked, you know, consensus-wise, as the number two um, best safety in the draft. Obviously, behind uh, Kyle Hamilton at Notre Dame. So, and ha- Hamilton's expected to probably go top five, maybe top ten. So, Daxon probably won't be far behind. He's versatile, and that's one of the key words you hear every year in the dra- in the draft leadoff. You know, guys that are versatile, that can play multiple spots, that aren't maybe boxed in or shoehorned into one specific spot. As we saw at Michigan, Daxon Hill obviously can play as, as a high, true high safety, but he can also get up to the line of scrimmage and bang and defend as a cor- as almost like a slot corner. So I think that'll translate well to the NFL. He's got good size. He's got good speed, as we all saw. I think he ran his 40, was it 4.34 seconds or something like 4.38, excuse me. Pretty damn much. fast, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, and that always helps. You know, again, we talked about the, you know, the pre-combine events and the like. That certainly helps. Um, but yeah, he's looking more, more like to be a first-round pick. Uh, it's hard to say where he's going to go. I think some folks had him going to, well, I think I saw Philadelphia or Dallas. I mean, so it, it's hard to pick maybe more so the, the, the place. But he's certainly looking more and more like Michigan could have very well, could have two, two first-round picks. Now, David Ajabo, before the Achilles, he was certainly a first-round pick. Some folks had him potentially creeping into the top 10. I don't know if I would have went that far, but he was certainly a mid-first-round prospect just based on his productivity and his ceiling and, and everything else. The Achilles obviously has pushed him back a bit. You know, We were wondering how far his draft stock would fall because of the injury. Keep in mind, I mean, it's it's not a it's not a short thing. He'll probably rehab him for a good six months. He'll probably miss most, if not all, the, his rookie season. However, you know, if you look at his productivity at Michigan, his ceiling. Keep in mind, he's only been playing football since what, like his junior year of high school. The guy could be very, very good with the right, you know, um, in the right scheme, with the right coaching staff around him, with the right locker room. 
So he, I, I think at present time, I think mock drafts have him going pretty consensus early, mid second round. It's, quite possible he sneaks in late first round if, if someone wants to take a stab at him i've seen i've seen today i was looking i've seen a lot of david ojabo in the first round i know in the the latest uh, uh mcshay and and kuiper combined mod draft he was going 30th to the kansas city chiefs um where else uh peter king i think in his latest draft draft today had him going 27 to the buccaneers so there's definitely some uh, definitely a realistic possibility that he can still go in the first round despite that Achilles injury, which is pretty remarkable given, I mean, how serious of an injury that is. Yeah. I mean, and again, you're, you, you'd be drafting him based on the ceiling and knowing that, that he's not going to be, not going to give you much his first year. So I, I think for a team to do that, they're, they'd obviously have to be pretty set from a personnel wise, don't necessarily have a ton of needs. Um, you know, but if you've got a need and you're late in that first round, I don't know, I, I'd have a hard time taking him that soon. But again, I mean, he's he could be a very good player. Uh, folk, a lot of folks like him. From what I understand, he interviewed very well, and it doesn't surprise me after after you know the session he had with us at the combine. So he's an intriguing guy to watch. He could be number three off the board for Michigan in terms of you know Michigan having th- three first round picks. I head still heads toward the early second round, but it's going to be important to watch as the first round kind of goes on. To a keep an eye on the number of quarterbacks that go because at some point there will be a run on, on quarterbacks. Then there'll be a run on the receivers. It's just a matter of when that begins, because we all hear about this draft, this quarterback draft class not being very strong. And some of these guys not being maybe NFL ready or able to come in and be that franchise guy. But the the thing with drafts and groupthink and everything else that comes along with the NFL is once one guy goes, the other teams that are have are remotely interested in that position, whether it's quarterback, receiver, whatever. They, they, they follow suit because they're worried that their the quarterbacks go off the board and they're going to get left behind. So we'll see where that goes. If those um, those start early, it's probably going to hurt Ajabo's draft stock. It may hurt Dax and Hill's draft stock. Um, but it's certainly possible Michigan ends up Thursday night with, with three guys off the board. Yeah, very true. And there, there could be a little bit of, of a gap between those three and the, and the next run of, of Michigan players expected to go. So I know we do this every year. We got to do it again this year. I'm going to play odds maker a little bit here. And I know you mentioned that mission has 12 eligible players, but realistically, like you said, six to nine players will will likely be drafted. I'm going to set the total at eight and a half. It seems like every year when we do this, I always take the under and I always get burned. So this year I'm going to set it at eight and a half. Uh, I'll give the list here of, of the other guys or all the guys that, that could get drafted. And, and I'll let you weigh in on, on what, what you think the number will be. So we got yeah Hutchinson, Daxon Hill, David Ojabo, then offensive lineman, Andrew Stuber, defensive tackle, Chris Hitton, running back Hassan Haskins, cornerback, Vincent Gray, linebacker, Josh Ross, safety, Brad Hawkins, receiver, Dalen Baldwin, and defensive tackle, Donovan Jeter. What are, what what are you what are you feeling, Aaron? What are you thinking? I I thought you'd go seven and a half with that number, so I'm going under. Um, I I think seven guys probably get taken. I think that's a good middle number. Um, you gave me eight and a half, so I think I I got one there to burn. Um, I I think certainly six guys are surefire draft picks. The the three are, we already mentioned: Aiden Daxton and, and Ajabo. Stuber's certainly going to go uh, probably day two. Well, maybe probably day three. Hassan will probably go. Uh, Chris Hinton will probably go. So that's six. And then I've got question marks on Vince Gray. I've got question marks on Josh Ross. And I've got question marks on Brett Hawkins. Keep in mind, Hawkins did not get a combine invite. I know that isn't the end-all end be-all, um, but he didn't get 
the looks in front of uh, NFL scouts that he probably should have, or to, to not only for his stock, but I think I think he warranted it. I think he got snubbed, and he, he said so afterwards. So I think that's going to hurt him. Josh Ross, to me, okay, he's a he's a good locker room guy. I think he's going to end up with the team, a practice squad spot somewhere, but he's just too undersized. I don't see a team spending a draft pick on him. Maybe late. I mean, he, he could he could surprise me. He could go seventh round, but I just, I just don't see it with him. Vincent Gray is interesting because of those three guys, if you were asked, I think the average football fan or the average Michigan fan, they would probably say maybe would go last. Um, but there's intriguing aspects about Vince Gray. 6'2", 192. He's got good size. He's pretty fast. He ran the 40 and 4.54. I know that's not you know super fast, but that's not bad either. Uh, so I think there's a lot to like about him. He's still raw, and I think there's some some question marks about him. But I could see Vince Gray going. Of those three, I could see him being drafted probably first. So I'm going to go under eight and a half. Um, I, I, I think seven guys get drafted, but certainly I could see eight. Now, I could be wrong. I mean, we've done this before, as you said, and I, we've, we tend to get more NFL Michigan guys drafted than maybe we expect. Um, but I'm going to go under eight and a half. Yeah, I mean, you you look at last year. I mean, I definitely did not see see Cameron Cheeseman going in the sixth round or or Ben Mason going in the fifth round. Even Chris Evans was was a little bit of a surprise, um, given that he had a, took the year off or was suspended for 2020 and wasn't that productive in 2020 or in 2021. So. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, even the year before that, like, I mean, you had guys like Jordan Glasgow and Josh Metellus all, all drafted. So there there could be some some surprises here. And uh, I, you know what? I'll, I'll say all of them get drafted. All those guys you mentioned. And I mean, it seems like NFL teams value Michigan guys. I mean, whether that's warranted or not, it's not up to me to decide. But it, it seems like. That, that teams are willing to take chances on on mission guys, even if it's for a special teams role early on in, in their year. So I'll, I'll go with nine players getting drafted, and um, yeah, well, I mean, we'll see what happens. But it, it's I'm I'm sick of taking the under and 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 getting burned. So we're, we'll go over this year. It wouldn't surprise me. You know, we talk about this every year, but as you said, Michigan players tend to get drafted. Some of them may be overdrafted. Now, I, I, there's probably a lot of things at stake in play there. I think Michigan probably has a pretty good reputation among the league, just in terms of you know the type of player they churn out, the, just the the uh, you know personality wise. I think Jim Harbaugh has a, has a big influence. A lot of that, obviously, him his NFL pedigree and his NFL ties. His brothers, obviously, head coach. As we saw, you know, the Ravens took a, took a guy last year, and it seems like every year they take at some point they take a Michigan guy. So, wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Dalen Baldwin gets his na- name called late as well. Right. Between the connections with Jim Harbaugh and Deion Sanders, I, I think that matters. You know, I, I do. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, it, it should be a fun weekend. I will say this. I think the consensus and the majority of those guys will probably be taken day three. We talked about the potential first round picks. After that, it's a pretty big drop off. You know, you're going to see, you might see a guy go any, if any of those three guys we mentioned in the beginning don't go around one, they'll certainly go around two. After that, it's kind of a crapshoot. You know, I, I talked to Chris Hitton this week. He thinks he could go as early as the third round. Uh, that's a little bit different than what the, the, the analysts and the projections say. Um, I could see Andrew Stuber potentially going third, fourth round, but he could also drop two, fifth, six. So I think you can hear a lot of guys called day three or those rounds four to seven. Um, but certainly, I, yeah, that number could certainly, you know, approach nine. It would not shock. Yeah, I think that, that just about does it for, for today's podcast. Any closing thoughts before we wrap up, Aaron? Uh, well, 
NFL draft weekend is always so long. So, it, it, you know, I, I, I caution folks to, you know, tread lightly here. I mean, day one's always fun. Round one's always cool because it's Thursday night and it's opening round. Um, it just gets so long. So it, I, I'm I'm looking forward to not really paying attention much this weekend. I'm actually going away for a trip. First draft, I think I missed in several years. So I'm, it's not a, I'm not a bad thing because those things are just so darn long, especially day three. Just like, what is it, noon to seven? Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's a grind. It, it is it, a grind. <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking forward to kind of getting the weekend off. I feel I will, uh, I will you know, uh, pray for you and Andrew. Hopefully you two make it through okay. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're an NFL fan, it's, it's like heaven, you know, your favorite teams drafting X number of players and you can see who comes next, but it's also important to keep in mind. A lot of those late round guys tend to not stick. So don't get too exhausted or invested in, in some of these players because they may not be around next year for your team. So that being said, uh, you know, enjoy the weekend. It's always a good one. It's in Las Vegas this year. So I think the, the scenery and the stage is cool. I think they set up like there's a stage set up in the Bellagio fountains where the, like the picks are going to like be announced or whatever. So it looks, looks pretty cool. Oh yeah. I mean, if you NFL draft in Vegas, you can't get much of a better venue than that. So we'll have plenty of coverage at mlive.com throughout the weekend. And thanks for listening. <laughs>